0: North-South Connection Podcast Network, welcome to what I can only describe as a batrospective, uh, which is a phrase that's probably been used before for punny purposes to describe the uh, content of a program, but uh, I'm using it myself. I didn't look it up, so if it's stolen, I apologize to the rights holders. That being said, this is Johnny C., and this is sort of a spur-of-the-moment podcast experience Uh, which is a phrase I'm going to trademark, uh, unless you beat me to it. So uh, what's going on here? So if anyone's listened to any of the content that I put out on the North South Connection Network, it's usually based around wrestling, um, but I've always sprinkled in, hopefully, some humor. But also, uh, I'm just as bad as Family Guy when it comes to the references. A lot of the references that I have, I pull from popular culture, comic books, movies, things like that. So I'm sure that it comes at the shock and surprise of no one that I'm a massive fan of big event tentpole movies. I always have been. Uh, I remember... Uh, it's funny, I was listening to Behind the Connection with uh, JT and Tim Capo, which is uh, available on the North Hot Connection Network every other Wednesday. Uh, they were talking about their childhoods and JT was talking about seeing Batman and stuff like that and Tim was talking about the Batman fever and it really just got my creative of juices flowing uh, and here we are on the eve of, of Battenson, as uh, people have lovingly come to call it. I am literally en route right now to the screen where I will be viewing the Batman film. And uh, hopefully, if you guys are hearing this, that means that they agreed to put it on the air. And as soon as I get out of the theater, I'll record my reactions. I will keep it spoiler-free and then have sort of a cutoff where we will then talk about spoilers. So, I just to circle back, I remember... The summer of 89, very clearly, the summer of 89 was a theatrical release season unlike any other. And I think it's fitting that with such a crazy summer season, when it comes to films, you've got... I mean, talk about... Everybody says all they make now is sequels, but when you think about the summer of 89, you've got things like Ghostbusters 2, you've got Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you've got, I believe, Ghost... Cause, uh, because not everything was big tent-pulley, but it was stuff that was successful financially, regardless of it being an existing IP or a sequel or a, uh, you know something that was being adapted or anything like that. I really feel like shit, but I can't... No, I feel fine, but I feel shitty that I can't uh, describe to you at the top of my head all the different films that came out that summer. Uh, but I encourage you to look it up and just see how spectacular it really was. But above all of that was Batmania. You, People give George Lucas all the credit in the world for merchandising and licensing and things like that, and I guess it is a little bit easier when you're the film studio that owns the property, but Jesus Christ, that bat signal was everywhere. That bat signal was everywhere so much that if you watch uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, they filmed like three scenes in New York City, the rest is in Toronto, and uh, when they're in Times Square, you can actually see the bat logo giant huge in the background because you know when they were filming it it was uh, part of the lead to the batman in the real world and they just never didn't scrub it out of uh the film because i'm sure that would have cost more than the entire movie co- uh, you know cost to make but my point is is uh, as a child i was six um the, the family drove down to florida from ohio that summer and it bat fever was everywhere uh even at disney which had nothing to do with batman itself that bat symbol was everywhere You couldn't take two steps without seeing it. And I knew Batman because Nickelodeon, I believe it was Nickelodeon, uh, perhaps their Nick at night. I'm not sure. And some of my local affiliates had Batman in rotation. The Adam West, Burgess Meredith, Burt Ward, you know, Cesar Romero, uh, Julie Newmar, Eartha Kitt. I'm going to forget somebody. Um, Vincent Price. Okay, enough. But my point is, is that 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 was, I knew Batman from that, um, you know, and I knew Batman from just being a character. I mean, the iconography and what have you, you know, it's just something that I was exposed to. My parents had a great VHS collection when I was a kid growing up, taped off of network TV, HBO, Showtime, whatever it might be. My parents were great because they're both kind of uh music nerds. And if a film had a great score, they probably had it taped somewhere. And so I grew up watching a lot of Superman 78 you know uh star wars stuff like that so batman 89 of course appealed to me not only because you couldn't i mean how how could you not be you know caught in Bat fever but man those trailers it looked nothing like adam westberg ward version i mean i didn't know what to expect i didn't even know what the fuck expectations for a film were i was 6 but i knew i wanted to see the movie and it came out when we were in orlando for that Dis- disney and i remember seeing um God, we saw Ghostbusters 2 uh, one day. It rained, and we couldn't get... No, maybe it didn't come out until we got back. Yeah, because it came out in July, and we were there in June. Um, I'm remembering all the shit as I'm on the air, in quotation marks. But it's like... Big Top Pee Wee also came out that year, because I saw it the same day, because it didn't stop raining. My parents didn't know what to do with us. I'm one of three kids, and of course, I talk on my minute. so you can just imagine what I was like when I was six. So yeah, we saw Big Top Pee Wee, and we saw uh, Ghostbusters 2. But, you know, I really wanted to see Batman. I mean, everybody wanted to see Batman. I saw The Last Crusade in the same summer. And it might kind of shock you that, you know, as it's it's 89, I was born in 83. I'm mean, now six years old. It didn't matter. I was going to see Batman. My parents were, or are, 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 my parents are. I, mean, I guess I'm thinking of the past, it's because I'm no longer a child. My parents are really good about recognizing that i could be exposed to media uh without it having an adverse effect on me i don't say that's for everybody the first r-rated movie i ever saw was robocop and it was the year before because it ended up on showtime in 88 after it went to theaters in 87 and i wanted to see it because it was a robot i mean i you know i recognize the word "fuck." you know i grew up watching schwarzenegger movies and stuff like that i guess my parents biggest thing And I'll never understand this, because it makes no sense, but, you know, Schwarzenegger-style violence were good, uh, breasts, no. And I'm not trying to make excuses, I'm not saying it was right, but, uh, here we are today, that's just kind of the way it was, um, I would much rather, I guess, actually, I'm not that type of parent either, I don't really, this is not what you came for, so, Batman 89 was a game changer for cinema. The movie of the decade, they called it. It was it was priced uh, for an at home experience, uh, which you're, you're a big wrestling nerd. I, I've heard WWE executive level people talk about how Batman was a big sort of revelation for them that you could price direct to consumer instead of uh, direct to you know the video retailer market like like people that would rent videos and what have you uh, gone sooner the days of ninety dollar VHS tapes. So. Where does that lead us? That leads us to the bat and the cat and the penguin. And holy shit, Batman Returns, the snowy bat logo. And I, yet, yeah, I, the snowy bat logo was everywhere, but yet I was still surprised that the film takes place at Christmas. I was also very thrown by the beginning of Batman Returns because after the awesome Danny Elfman score concludes and, you know, we, we get started with action proper, there's this little text on the bottom of the screen that says, 34 years later. And I was like, What? 34 years later, but I didn't realize they meant 34 years after the little prologue where the penguins a baby and Pee Wee Herman and his lady friend throw him into the sewer. Uh, So when Batman Returns started, I was just so fucking confused. I was like, he doesn't look 34 years older. It's not the future. Um, And I wanted desperately to convince myself that I liked Batman Returns because I loved Batman so much. Of course, now I think Batman Returns is kind of brilliant. Um, in any way that you can listen to much more educated people talk about on podcasts and DVD commentaries and YouTube videos or whatever. For, they can explain it better than I ever could, but there's definitely something happening there with Burton Batman Returns. He has complete creative control and while it's not the Batman that I think a lot of... Um, and this You know, toxic fandom has always been a thing. Um, it, it was limited to more kitschy things back in the day. Your magazines and early, early, you know, message boards and shit like that, but I don't know, and there's the big fallout of McDonald's and Batman Returns and all the shit, and yeah, Batman Returns probably isn't for a six-year-old kid who doesn't have his shit together, and you know what? As a former six-year-old and as a person who's raised six-year-old, six-year-olds, it's really hard for them to have their shit together. So then we get the course corrections that are Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Um, I've I hope to someday see the Batman Forever Schumacher cut. Um, I don't have, I don't put too much stock in that, but we'll see Batman and Robins an Abomination, but in a, kind of a great way. I can't deny I saw four times in the theaters when I was a kid. Uh, if you do the mental math there, that's 97, 83. Yeah, I mean, I was old enough to know better, but uh, it was Batman on the big screen. What are you going to do? You know, the, the the franchise goes into isolation after that. And, uh, you know, we get the Bale-Nolan trilogy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because that's a whole thing into itself. If you haven't seen that. It's, you know, I am going to spend a little bit on The Dark Knight, though, because The Dark Knight is, is not even a comic book film. It's a fucking crime thriller. I mean, I always... And this is not an original thought, but if you've seen Heat and you like Heat and you don't think you'll like a Batman movie, I mean, The Dark Knight and Heat, it's the exact same fucking movie. It's just... Instead of Al Pacino saying things like, Oh, these guys are good. Oh, you get Christian Bale saying things like, Where's the trigger? Sorry, everybody. He just went to deaf or hard of hearing. But, uh, you know, those things kind of change superhero cinema. We thought, and then the Marvel model becomes a financial success. And, uh, I am a massive fan of the Zack Snyder interpretation of the DC Universe, not because I'm like in the Zack Snyder cult or I want to go online and tell you you're a piece of garbage shit because you don't like it. I've always been a DC fan because I enjoy that the DC Universe superheroes are sort of presented as gods living amongst humans who even though they don't set out to make choices that will define us and guide us, they end up doing so. And I felt like the Snyder approach really encompassed that. Not to mention the absolutely magnificent casting of Ben Affleck as a Bruce Wayne Batman that has absolutely lost his shit, as the character should be. Because there's, you know, you're an alien, and you can do these things like the Superman can do. And the Superman... Oh, yeah, I was, uh, I signed a contract with the WCW and the first thing I did was I bought, uh, this, these things. They were called DVDs of the Superman, which is my favorite movie growing up as a kid. Uh, I like to call him the Superman, like the Ubermensch, because I think it makes him sound cooler. Uh, but I could not resist the opportunity to poke a jab at long-standing Johnny C. punching bag Bret Hart. And make no mistake about it. He may be my verbal punching bag, but I still believe the man could tear me apart limb from limb, no matter how old he gets. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, so I'm not oblivious to that fact. But uh, Affleck's Bruce Wayne is at the end of his rope. He's he's lost his crime-fighting partner. He's lived a life of depravity in Gotham City, you know, by doing the things that he's done. He's lived in isolation. Um, and, and all of a sudden, here's the Superman who can do these things. And not only does he watch Superman tear apart a major metropolitan city, destroy a building full of people that, you know... I'm not going to say like Bruce Wayne cares for in a sense that he loves Joey from the third floor mailing room. But Bruce Wayne as a character is supposed to sort of be, you know, the ultimate guardian of humanity, you know, of inno- of innocent victims, of innocent people. And I think that's where a lot of the love for Batman comes from is that, number one, he does all this shit because he wants to. Um You know, he doesn't have the powers he's not compelled to because he can fly and et cetera, et cetera. But he wants to protect everyone from the potentiality of what he experienced. And I think Affleck really encompasses that as a man who's absolutely snapped and lost it. He's at the end of his rope. I mean, you'd kill fucking people to get to this alien, too. You know, I I hate that argument about how Snyder's Batman is not Batman. And I'm like, well, Keaton's Batman isn't really Batman in quotation marks either. And, you know, you can argue about Bales. I think Bales is literally they set a precedent that they want to follow that. And so that's why it's such a big part of the character. I believe that the Affleck Batman at one time was probably not willing to take a life or pull a trigger. Um, But, uh, you know, we've seen what Gotham does to people, he says to Alfred, 20 years in Gotham. I've maybe seen the movies a few times. I'm sorry. Um, And then Zack Snyder's Justice League just, you know, keeps the trend going and what have you. And, you know, we're not going to get the Affleck movie. What we're getting is a reboot, a superhero movie that I'm now in the parking lot for. And I I, I'm super excited to see it. I feel a little uneasy because and this is weird. I've not actually said this out loud, but like I don't know what to expect going in because I'm so used to. You know, I saw Shang-Chi. It was the first movie I went to after... Well, I don't want to say after the pandemic, but after the COVID outbreak affected most people. And um, I I like Shang-Chi. I had read Shang-Chi in some of Jonathan Hickman's Avengers books, so I was familiar with the character. I was excited to see something cool. I was excited to be back in theaters. I was hoping it would be good, and it was. I was thoroughly entertained. But, like, a part of me was like, yeah, I'm 60% here because I want to see this story. The other 40% was like, I want to just be get back into that marvel cinematic universe what are they going to add this time who's going to show up and what little thing are they going to say that can make me speculate for two years until i can buy something else from them so here we are about to walk into the batman which is a standalone um which is great and i think that this is a film that is obviously in controlled by the director by someone who has an idea and a purpose And I think that's also one of the reasons I like Snyder's film so much is that um, and there's a lot of good Marvel movies. I like a director's flair. I'm kind of a, well, not kind of, I am a film school dropout. Uh, I I admire uh, directors. I, I like when everything has cohesion. There's a purpose for everything in the shot. There is a there's a reason there's a thought process. And I'm really excited by Pattinson saying that he's not playing a hero. Bruce Wayne's not a hero. He's a madman. Um, because who, who does this? Who does what this character does? How do you play that with a straight face? You know, I don't know how it's going to go. And I, I like Zoe Kravitz. I'm excited to see Catwoman. I think it's time for a Catwoman that's more like the comics Catwoman. Uh, I really enjoyed Anne Hathaway. Do not get me wrong. I, I, I think she's one of the best parts of Dark Knight Rises. I feel like this universe, I don't want to call it the Batman universe, but I guess. I'm going to. I think that they are ready to position Catwoman as an important character. And, you know, it's not going to be like limited to one film or it's just like, oh, Catwoman was in it this time. She can't be in anymore. Kind of like the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler and Mr. Freeze and Raz Al Ghul and uh, Talia Al Ghul and Bane. And okay, all right, I'll stop. And, uh, you know, so and you got the Penguin, who I don't think is, you know, uh, a big part of the film. I don't know that for certain. Uh, but I, I got to imagine he's sticking around going forward. So I think they are going to build a sandbox that I'm that all of us are going to get to play in for the next couple of years. But I have a little anxiety because I'm not excited to see what little nerdy things I'm going to uncover along the way that other people might not get or that will make me speculate for years. But I am excited to see the performances. I'm excited to see uh, the cinematography, the shot process. I'm excited to see, what they don't say to hear the score. I've heard nothing but good things about the score. It's another reason I love Snyder's DCEU is the fucking score. Jesus Christ. Ah oh, man, I could fucking do anything to that music. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. Uh, but jokes aside, I'm I'm at the theater now. I'm, you know, I've, of course, already purchased my ticket. I'm flying solo, as I do to, to most films. I've got the IMAX screening coming up. Uh, drove the extra miles for it. Not that it's like a huge thing. You want to talk about first world problems when there's actual real fucking problems in the world right now. I guess I'm just kind of putting you in my shoes as a listener and uh going to go in and I'm going to come out. And like I said, we're going to talk a little bit further, but uh if you are listening to this, if it is making the, I really appreciate it. This is something I decided to do at the last second. So I apologize if it's come across as amateur, that's not what I'm going for. I, I try to, you know, do shit that I'd want to listen to. Uh, so, you know, I just hope that it's uh, enjoyable for everybody. And I really hope that uh, this cinematic experience is a good one. I, I really am uh, thinking there's no way I could walk out of it not feeling positive. Uh, you know, I am just excited. I've talked about why I'm excited and I'm about to go. Oh, I'm not stalling. I guess I'm just summing it all up, putting a big bow on it. I will talk to you all in a little bit. Uh, wish me luck. Okay, so I'm back, and I have to admit, uh, up front, this is kind of awkward for me, because, uh, I, I, I'm literally out of the theater right this second, and I'm sitting in my car, you know, hoping it'll warm up a little bit, it's a brisk 41 degrees, and you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night, you know, I'm tired, I worked all day and all that shit, um, And my energy level is completely sapped. Because, I I guess the longest skitty of it, and don't worry, this is going to be spoiler free until I indicate a break, and then there will be spoilers after that. So, don't worry. It's kind of funny, I, I, I think on the, uh, on the initial part of this, I talked a lot about like the history of the Batman franchise, and uh, I don't know. All that entire discussion now just feels silly. Having walked out of this film, and make no mistake, it's a film first. Um, I am I'm very impressed that this movie was allowed to happen. I'm very impressed by this movie. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to enjoy here. Um, general film criticism. Um, the, so I guess we'll just start with the performances. Um, I think it's neat, it, it's it's really easy to walk out of something when it's fresh in your head and when it's the only. You know, it's the newest version of something you've seen that you really enjoy. Here's the thing. Anyone that sits down to compile, like, a list of, like, who played the best Batman or who played the best Bruce Wayne or what have you, like, I I honestly feel like the Pattinson version needs to be excluded from that conversation because it exists in a completely different type of of entertainment or cinema, like, than, than others do. And I, I, I'm trying to keep this as vague as possible, but also, you know, be informative and entertaining. But I, I'm telling you what, like, this is a Batman movie, but it's like, it's just so silly. It's even, and, and I, I said in the beginning of this that I'm like, a, uh, I you know, I love the Zack Snyder Batman, all that shit. Batman, you know, it's just, it's so funny, because after watching a movie like this, and how real it? How Real? I don't even know. What does that even mean? It's like, no, it takes place on more sets than you know the on location stuff did for the dark. I don't know. I mean, I know they filmed this on location, but um, it just—it's this crazy film that is not a comic book movie. It's a horror film uh, in a lot of in a lot of different ways. It's a fantastic detective story. It is a fantastically directed film, it's just, I just feel like it's not, it's not even, it's so strange to have conversations about this version of Batman, to even say, like, this version of Batman feels strange after seeing this movie, because it's like, I don't know, I, I guess my overall feeling is that it was a fantastic film, and, um, It's weird to talk about it like it's a piece of pop entertainment to me, because I really think that everything that that has meant in the last ten years or so, I feel like, especially with the deep marvelization of this genre, which I'm not complaining about in a lot of ways, like, I I, I think there's, you know, there's room for everything. It's just, this, I, I think is sort of the start of a of a very different conversation um, about what this type of cinema can be moving forward. But uh, now that all the nerd that, that was that's really I just I really was really impressed by the way this film was made. But I will try to, to, to reel it back in, reel back in my, my film geekdom, and bring it back to you know some more practicalities. Yeah, Barban Pattinson's a badass. He he does a fantastic job. In and out of the suit, um, he is—he is bringing his game. I mean, I don't—I don't even know what to say. Like the, I feel like to even talk about choices that were made in his performances to be, in, you know, so much spoiler territory. So I'll, I'll hold off on that. Zoe Kravitz is great. Um, it's a very—it's very interesting because the Selena Kyle character. How shall I put this? I, I thought she was equally captivating as she was interesting, as she was dangerous. And, and I don't know. I think it was kind of. I don't want to call it like a star maker, but like. Because I think Zoe Kravitz is already a star, but. I mean. I don't know. I, I don't see how she doesn't become. Hmm more of a go-to person in Hollywood for stuff in it. I mean, obviously, she can be able to be selective now with stuff like this, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things that people walk away from, and it's kind of like, whose movie was it? I don't know, but it it is Pattinson's, but she's, she's there. She's right there with him. Um, John Turturro, also really, really good in this movie as well. Um, I didn't expect much John Turturro, but I got a lot more than uh, I bargained for, and I'm here for that. The, uh, God, and that's a crazy thing. I'm sitting here trying to thinking about, oh man, who really stole, fucking Colin Farrell steals the show too. These guys and gals are just, uh, Jesus and Paul Dan, I do not say, like, I can't even, it's, there's not a weak link in the cast. And Jeffrey Wright, Jesus, Gordon, that's the, that's the cool thing is that this movie is not uh, comic book, but it is, too. I was going to say, it's not like comic book pop art uh, cinema, but it kind of is, and it just isn't at the same time. So I guess what it boils down to is I don't think you should listen to anyone tell you what this movie is. Okay? I think that's the main gist that I want to get to. I I wanted to come on here and I wanted to be like, oh, it's this and this and this and this. I can't do that, though, because I feel like if I deprive anyone of the experience, it's just not doing justice. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely blown away by it, but I feel like it, my I don't want my fandom to overshadow that. It was an extremely well-made film, one of the best ones I've seen in a long time, probably because... I've been keeping my nose in the pop, um, you know, pop culture cinema. I guess you'd call it. You know, it wouldn't. I haven't seen anything good. Maybe I don't know. That's the problem. And this is just that fucking good. And you know, it has amazing things to say. But also, it pulls from amazing comic book storylines too. Like there's shit in here that you know I'm sure will surprise a lot of people that I recognized instantly. But I was like, wow, yeah, they're leading into it. That's fantastic rock and roll. And and sometimes it felt a little weird because when they started doing comic booky stuff, I was like, oh yeah, wait, this is a Batman movie. Almost to the point where I would say perhaps the comic booky elements, oh man, are they maybe the worst part? If you have to say, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say on that. I think maybe I want to hold that part of the conversation. But it's uh, definitely a conversation that's got to be had. So overall thoughts, fantastic film. It's great. I, I realize that I kind of have been rambling and what have you, and, and I don't mean to. But uh, it's very fresh, and it's my first time doing this, so I hope you, you bore with me. So I think I do want to move into territory that that where I can just speak freely about the movie. I'm sorry for that. Uh, if you have to drop off here, just go see it. Why did, you know... Don't take my word for it. Just go see it. Go see it. Enjoy it. Know that it is definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's different, but great. So we're going to, we're going to switch over to, to free discussion here in five, four, three, two, one. Why are you still here if you haven't seen the movie? Now you get this freaky robot voice. Because I know some of you stuck around. Are you sure you want to? Okay, here we go for real. Okay, so, well, what it is is, uh, and I wonder if everyone that sees this movie will agree. Uh, I can't, I'm, I'm very interested to see how people react to this because people that go expecting like a, uh, you know, Marvel or anything like that, this is not, this is basically, it felt like Bruce Wayne's suicide note in a lot of ways. Um, and it was a, a three hour let's get to a Batman that we can sell and, and not I don't want to say put on a lunchbox because I don't I I think there's a hell of a lot more integrity to this than that. But it's it's interesting to me. The thing that stands out to me the most, of course, is that it's like when he cuts the co the cable at the uh, at the end of the Madison Square Garden facsimile. I think it was Gotham Square Garden or something like that, and he that's it. That's his suicide. All right. And when he comes back up from the water and, you know, lights the the flare, we're kind of it's it's a it's obviously it's a rebirth. I'm, I'm probably not telling anybody anything to understand it, you know, in the in the eyes of the film. But it's like. I really loved every like I really loved that Bruce Wayne interpretation, and I am. Looking forward to seeing how it continues in a in a world where maybe he's not as bleak um uh, maybe he's it, it God, it's so such a great performance the the funeral scene where uh well first of all his first morning back from Batman like the light pains him you know he's got wear the sunglasses for god's sake what a great choice Reeves is to be commended for the directing of this this should i i don't know i i i feel like uh, it should, should, would have been award something. I, I just feel like to to merge cinematic storytelling and complete control over your your camera and and you know using the camera to tell the story and, and using you know everything at your disposal as a filmmaker. I feel like Reeves deserves a lot of credit for um, just. Being that type of a director who happens to be directing this movie uh, that is also on a comic book, like I don't, I feel like maybe we're past the part of people thinking that it's like a, a down thing to adapt something like that. But man, the whole his whole hearts in this. It, it, it's it's a nice thing to see. It's really cool to see that this type of movie got made, considering the amount of oversight. And I mean, but hey, you know, there's nothing to complain about, I feel like, if you're looking at this. I mean, from a studio perspective, it's kind of like, um, you know, how do we sell this? How do we put sin on a lunchbox? Well, uh, um, maybe that's not the best path. I don't know. But yeah, I really thought Alfred was dead too, and I was like, This is a this is a choice. Uh but um, you know, they shot that down pretty quickly. Andy Circus was really good too. I didn't want to really talk about it too much earlier because he it's his part is so uh, small, and he's absolutely the uh, the Batman Earth-1 Alfred. And here's some interesting stuff, too. I mean, since I just mentioned Batman Earth-1, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know if the Selena Kyle twist, uh, and I feel so weird saying twist, because I'm like, that's just, I mean, that's just a lot. I mean, everybody knows that, right, uh, you know, that it, it, – uh She's. It, it did feel it weird to say it out loud. I guess because I feel like I'm spoiling it. But I guess where everyone's curious that she's Falcone's daughter. But that's you know it's a long Halloween, Dark Victory. Uh, oh, I forget the one name of the one shot. And then Jesus, we've got Zero Year. We've got the Riddler obliterating Gotham City, and Paul Dano's so fucking good. And you know what? I loved the the radicalization of of people by the Riddler, and their... I mean. It, yeah. The, the comments you know, on incel behavior and just I mean, I don't know, like it, it's just and people will be like, oh, no, it's just that's a real thing. And now you're just seeing it apply to, you know, these types of stories. I mean, it's it's real. it's a very fair representation of. The mod, and and it's interesting because the whole vast criminal conspiracy, it it pulls from a lot of different types of things. Like, you've got gangster film, you've got this terrifying, uh, social media influencer. The Riddler's, that's not the Riddler, but it just happens that he, you know, it's, I feel like it it, it all kind of happens off camera, but it's like, the Riddler, once the Riddler's videos get posted, it attracts, I think he said he had 500 followers and I think that's a fair realistic fucking representation of that type of thing. So fucking kudos to the screenwriters for, for making the Riddler that. And, oh man, I love the, the, the the twist or the plot element about the, the Riddler and Batman being partners in the Riddler's mind because that's one of the things that I always like, I've always felt like the Riddler is, is very, very, into the Batman. And I like that I got this, that sort of feeling, but it wasn't a romantic way this time around. It was very much like, you know, fuck, it kind of, in a a neat, twist, not twist, but it's kind of like, you know, the Jim Carrey Riddler is not really the Riddler, but um, the Bruce Wayne thing, like he, he feels like he needs to be Bruce Wayne's partner. Whereas this Riddler Wants to kill Bruce Wayne initially and feels like he's the Batman's partner the entire time. It's super good stuff, man. It's just sharp writing. Uh, Great performance by Paul Uh, Dale. It was, and okay. Now, I like, I think Barry Keegan is his name. I don't want to mispronounce his name. I've only ever seen him in Eternals, okay? And I thought Druig from Eternals was one of the better. Characters. Because um, that's a fun little. Uh, you know. Niche to play with. You know. He can control humanity. But. Uh, you know. It, controlling humanity. Means that. Uh, we all kind of. You know. Live in the village. From M.I. M. Shyamalan's the village. And we don't have free will. Uh, and. It's interesting. Because. Uh, but. So. The big thing. That'll come out of this. As sort of weird sequel baiting. Because it feels so weird. This movie would have anything like sequel baiting. Like. I get that it's. Ultimately, a film about how the uh, you know the vengeance the the Batman's quest for vengeance going into the third year of his existence will now be uh you know it, more to sh- you know to continue to strike fear to the heart of criminality or is that the shadow, but also to act as a you know someone to protect it's it's less about finding his solace and redemption. Uh, by being the shit out of people mercilessly and um, by also by by taking more, getting more out of helping the person who's the victim. Because, you know, in that opening subway or, or, or rail uh, elevated train rescue, I think it was. I don't know. Um, he kind of looks at the guy he rescues like you're fucking, I can't believe you let this happen to you in a way. And I'm just that's just not coming to me. Uh, but that's the sort of shit that you get when you start talking about it right away. Like, at least maybe I'm, mis- I'm not misremembering that. So I, I I, kind of do feel like it's an actually a, a character arc and not a sequel bait. So I'll be a little bit better about that now, just talking it out loud, workshopping that with everybody. But uh, yeah, Barry Keegan is the Joker in Arkham Asylum. I mean, he's talking to the Riddler. um, And, uh, I, you know, I appreciate that. I. I Hey, uh, this movie will obviously get a sequel and, um, you know, I I'm excited to see what they do there. I feel like that that's, that's like the thing that will get all the press because, Hey, that's the type of things that grabs clicks and headlines and stuff like that. But it's honestly maybe the least interesting part of the film. Um, and I mean that as a positive thing because the movie's that well done and well put together. And, um, you know, it, it is th- every bit of three hours, and I'm not going to pretend like the the third quarter of it didn't drag a little bit. There's like a weird disconnect where it, it has to set itself up for a finale because it's this, you know, it's re- it, it, to me anyway. You know, the detective elements were so interesting, and it's like the mysteries are getting solved, and they're getting solved, and it's like, yes, but we kind of need a big third act thing. And, you know, doing zero year and obliterating the city, uh which is a, a storyline where Batman is, you know, getting started and uh, the Riddler destroys the bridges of Gotham city and, and, you know, sort of cut, he cuts the power to the entire city. Um, like literally like they don't have like it. And it's called zero year because you know, the, the vegetation grows and it's sort of like, uh, everything's back reset to year zero because they don't have electricity ways to communicate with the outside world. And this is a, you know, sort of no man's land cataclysm, which is the earthquake in Gotham City. Uh, it's just that isolated feeling and also, you know, recovery from the flooding, power vacuum for the penguin. Uh, God, Colin Farrell's so fucking good. That car chase is amazing. I don't like car chases. I think they're, I, I just don't like them. All right. I mean, I mean, heck, I have no problem with it, but if someone's like, Oh, here's the, you know, here's a cool scene where characters fight, or here's an action, or, a, or excuse me, a chase scene. I'm gonna be like, yeah, just, uh, I'd rather watch the fight. Maybe it's because I like wrestling. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but the point is, is that the car chase is that Batmobile is a monster. It's a monster. That I almost was. It's sort of. It's so interesting because the way that scene is shot, like I, I, I feel like Penguin is the victim. And yes, he, he kind of, he is the victim because he's being chased for something he actually didn't do. Well, he did, you know, shoot at them all. But, it, but when you look at the core of it though, they're chasing him because they think he's the rat, which will solve their mystery and get them to the Riddler and et cetera, et cetera. So while they are persecuting him, um, for the wrong reasons, it's still a character, of course, that deserves justice, but in this particular moment, I think that's why the Batmobile is framed as, like, this monster that's chasing the Penguin, because in this scene, the Penguin is, he's not the good guy, but the way it's shot, you know, we ride with him in the car, and then when we see the Batmobile, like, light up on the, the highway, it's, it's frightening, and, you know, because we're seeing it and feeling it from the Penguin's perspective, and, and you know, the the, the film, the filming of the, uh, the wreckage, just, and the, I mean, everybody's seen the upside down shot at this point. It's just, it's so well done. And I've said that like a thousand times, but that's the thing that really needs to come out of this is that, you know, yes, it, your headline grabbers are like Pattinson's great, so I think Gravis is awesome, Paul Dano's great, Colin Farrell's great. Like, it's a really well done film. Uh, but, you know, everybody's great and it's a, it's a brand new franchise for Warner Brothers that they want it to be. But what I think is the most interesting thing about all this is that, you know, all the pre-release chatter about this really being Matt Reeves's movie and it really sticking to its guns and, and, you know, when the actors were doing press, they were talking about how, you know, why they were drawn to the project and you, you know, you get that all the time and it, and it sometimes feel fluffy, but I honestly feel like this was, you know, these were, these are people who were drawn to the, the art of it all. And I appreciate that. And I'm really glad that they did that with this character. I mean, Nolan did it too. It's, it's all, it's weird though. It, it's there's, they're so different, but they're also, you know, extremely uh grounded, Type de- this is a less crowded, I feel like maybe than Nolan's. And I think a lot of that has to do with sort of the, it's a, it's a unique Gotham version of Gotham City that is sort of feels like, you know, a real um, American metropolis. But at the same time, it, it has a lot of good staging design. Like there's some smaller set pieces that take place on stages. Um, so it kind of feels like Nolan's world and uh, a comic book world at the same time i don't know i hope that makes sense uh but that's sort of where i feel i feel like the the you know all the obvious headline grabbers are absolutely true about this movie but i i think that what mattered most to me about it was it was a great hybrid of pop ideas and top notch filmmaking um so it makes for a great cinematic experience and I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not like ranking these things or like putting them into lists because I really feel like this, it's too fresh to do something like that. And also, and right now this is, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's Bruce Wayne's suicide note. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sticking with this. That, that's my thing. It's a three hour long realization coming to Bruce Wayne that, you know, he could do this thing and actually it could go a little bit better. This whole Batman thing. Not from a uh, standpoint of effectiveness, but of what, why you are the Batman. I mean, hey, the fucking Riddler incel said it himself. I'm vengeance. Holy... And, and then he kills himself, uh, metaphorically. Uh, right after that. Um, it's top notch. Go see this movie. Well, you're already a spoiler, so you've seen this movie, hopefully. Um, but yeah, do what we can. Do what you can. Uh, enjoy it. I hope that uh, if you have any thoughts you want to drop me a line i'm available on twitter at save martha russo i i want to apologize for any inkling here at rambling i this conversation with myself about this movie i just saw that i thought was really good but i also wanted to make sure that you know people know that it's it's not just fun movie to go see like it's it's a pretty damn good pretty damn good piece of work um So, hey, that's going to do it for me. I'm Johnny C. Thanks so much for listening to me ramble and, uh, you know, talk about the Batman.